Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. Good morning, Cape Cod and beyond. This morning we have local dance choreographers Leda and David Inatelli. This is their seventh year of Movimento Project, and their latest concert is Embody, happening at the Wealthy Preservation Hall, August 24th and 25th at 7.30. Folks can get tickets at wealthlypreservationhall.org. They'll also be performing at the Cape Cod Theater Company, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, and at Thatcher Hall, September 15th. Before we get to them, I'm letting you know that we'll also be speaking with astrologer Martha Clark on what's going on in the stars. So stay tuned for that. Welcome, Leda and David. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mandarin. Let's talk first about your theme and um, you know what your whole inspiration and focus is this year. Last year, we came with Reset, which was coming back from the pandemic times and all that and trying to find our balance again and rethinking dance and life. This year, we come with Embody. And Embody is a reflection based on what we've been living, especially after the pandemic, uh, the COVID time, due to many uh, I'd say hours uh, working remotely. We have been in the screen so much. And what are the costs of that for a subjective bodily experience? And so it, it was, it came out of that, but also came out of, um, I was inspired by a theory of cognitive embodiment, which is academic and all, but I, it, Gives a lot of, I shed a lot of light into the role that the body occupies in our, in our cognition, in our lives, in our experience, in our sense of identity, in our behavior, in our um, worldviews, how we understand and respond. So this was very exciting. Um, and so exciting that inspired a new concert. Yeah. First of all, can you talk about cognitive embodiment theory? Yeah. Well, uh, it comes out of um, my first contact with it was through a book called Philosophy of the Flesh of Mark Johnson and um, George Lakoff, a linguist, ling- linguist and a cognitive psychologist. And um philosophy and what they they see that the body is central in the in the development of cognition, in the development of even abstract concepts. So they talk about how the bodily experience uh gives us a sense of containment is one of big uh one of uh a central principle that they um 
exemplify how kids are always putting things in, putting things out, and how our uh, experience as infants being held and being not held anymore, how that is the basis for a lot of abstract concepts. And they actually have another book uh, called Metaphors We Go By that is very interesting how metaphorically to bodily experiences our languages and our understanding of ourselves and of how we relate to the world, world as well. The sense of value, our sense of uh, uh, the things we treasure comes out of initially a very pleasant body experience or not but uh, those are the basis for our life throughout our <laughs> as we grow and as we understand and live in the world yeah so that's basically a very general view of it yeah but it what i think um how it ties into every day is they um they put it back in the hands of each person this um, transforming, altering, uh, building uh, your subjective experience. It really is based on where you put yourself and how you put yourself there. So there's a lot of um, one moment, yeah. there's a lot of flexibility that one has. And I think what's what's exciting about this concert is that, uh, excuse me, um, it's what dancers do. As, as dancers, we try to alter our bodies, we try to enhance our emotionality, we try to understand the world so that we can pre present it as dancers, so that we can do our artwork, which is, you know, the attempt to, to find the poetics of movement, to speak the poetics of movement, to reveal the poetics of movement. And it's the number one onus is on the dancer. You know, you, you, you train in class, you prepare, but the actual work is done in one's life, on one's own. So I'm very excited about this concert uh, and the, the effect it may have and the communication it might make, the connection to people, because I think we we kind of get to the point where dance starts. And the, all the dancers in the troupe, they're they're wonderful artists. They've made lifelong commitments that it, it's, it's not a professional engagement. It's not a commercial enterprise. It's a passion. It's a vocation. It's a calling. And the works that we're seeing emerge from, you know, latest choreographic provocations and people's responses. And we have two wonderful musicians with us that we've had in the past, Larry Chaplin and Frank um, Baranski. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Um, but uh, this time they've composed an original score. So the entire concert, yeah, will be work. Uh, a few renditions of music that they they have, you know, played for others. but. Um, mostly it's original material for now and they've been very excited and their work has been very exciting and very provocative for us to dance to so there's something really honest going on here there's something really basic about an examination of this all and then you know turning it into a discovery which becomes a celebration because ultimately like hey <laughs> it's happening it works you know this is cool so yeah. it, it's 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 a human show it's got it's got a lot of content about everyone is sitting there watching it and and hopefully we'll go out and and bring more of that into their lives look for more you know movement activities and dance and artistic activities you know yeah oh, what i think one key thing is that 
as we live this, uh, you know, the contemporary world, and there's so much in our cell phones, so much in TV or computer, we oftentimes uh, get farther away from our bodily signs, from our bodily needs, from, and many times we betray that in favor of all the tasks we have to do, the social commitments, the working commission, professional commitments. And so it's a call for to to go back to that basic um without fil- filter first experience, which is you yourself as a body, not your body, because you were you don't have a body. You are a body. So yourself and the world so that's that immediate experience how does that resonates in your life you know how do you deal with that and and how do you how can you magnify and exercise that subjective perspective yeah in in composition uh, i think any kind of composition there's a flow experience and it really use the word presence um or just listening you 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 become more deeply attuned it's like a great practice that i've adopted not with the regularity that i wish but is to get up an hour before i have to do anything else and just be read a bit write a bit do a bit of stretching but basically be open to the day and i've found that more than anything i've ever done that that session that moment orients me for the rest of the day me, me and me it gives me a much deeper take on everything because there's something that I've learned. I, I work as a carpenter um, when I'm not in the summer making these shows and um, every experience is mythic or can become mythic. I mean, you're, I, I have a good plumber friend and he talks about doing plumbing, plumber yoga because you're under a sink and you're reaching for a bolt and you can't get it to turn. You, you need another wrench and you grab a rag and you're, you know, you're doing all these things and finally it works well, I mean, that's as great an undertaking as, as an army conquering another army or, or a, you know, a, a encountering a wizard or a witch or whatever your myths, you know, typically wear for clothing. We're living it day by day, just getting up, getting going, getting something done and leaving the day with something done that you can be proud of. That's mythic. And so art, I think, and the artistic reflection and, and this that we're trying to promote in this concert, I think, is about that getting back to a square one where you're really cool. You're really awesome just because you exist. I mean, trillions of cells and and billions of years of evolution. I mean, you're not, like later said, it's not your body. (laughs) You didn't make it. It's, it's this incredible force of nature that is so, and that's where we can be. That's how we can live. You know, not all the time, maybe, but a lot more than, (laughs) <laughs> mass media would let us think you know it is in our hands and it's it's important to find this and it's wonderful to find this and it's the truth of our situation can you talk a little bit about the dances and the, the yeah, I, was gonna, I was gonna say because you talked about how was the process up with the music and i want to say that this concert the music is a, a new way of working for us with frank and larry because we have collaborated in other moments but this having them improvise and and interact with our ongoing creative process that that has been a challenge and also has been very interesting but this concert it is 
Uh, it is a very difficult topic to approach artistically environment. Uh, it, I've, at first, it doesn't seem so, especially in a dance concert. But uh, when you get into it, it and you see, well, what is embodiment and what is that? How can you use that as a thematic proposal for a whole concert? And um, I started seeing like uh, subtopics that relate to it. And the main one is bodily presence. And and we search for that in every dance concert, right? Mm-hmm. Bodily presence is something that you search for when you're performing, that you, you aim at. Mm-hmm. But um, there are other things too, sense of identity, which is a big topic at this moment, a sense of um, uh, behavior, how you engage, how you not engage, how you relate to the other and to the environment those are all because it's not just the body as the basis it's the body in its connection to the other to the environment that creates a sense of meaning it it, you're not alone is is what is in between actually it's it's the it what is between the the single instances <laughs> that how the connection happens so that's that's uh, the singularity about this concert yes that is different from others you're performing twice at the Wellfleet Preservation Hall August 24th and 25th at 7:30 and folks can go to wellfleetpreservationhall.org for tickets as well as at the Cape Cod Theater Company and that's September 8th uh, 9th and 10th and then also Thatcher Hall the 15th of September. So folks have plenty of opportunities to come and see your performances and it sounds awesome. So thank you so much for being with us, David and Lita and Atali. Thank you. And everybody's welcome. Hello, hello out there. I am happy to have our guests here, astrologer, astrocartographer, relocation specialist, and author, Martha Clark. She is the author of several books, including Venus, Pluto, Love, uh, Letters to Lost Lovers, Venus, Pluto, Letters to Lost Lovers. So welcome. Thank you for joining us and helping us understand the astrological, astrological forecast for the coming weeks ahead. Thank you very much for Pandora. Uh, Thank you for having me. I always love being back here. So work away and ask me whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. So today is the new moon in Leo. And, you know, we we were corresponding and you were saying it's really amplifying the Venus retrograde that we've all been feeling. It's started about three weeks ago. It goes for about three more weeks or two and a half weeks. Um, And then we also have Pluto in Capricorn. So Help us sort this all out. A lot of people are feeling out of sorts. There's a lot of uh, drama. Some of it's external. Some of it's more internal. Um, It's a lot to be working out right now. Yeah. There's a huge amount. So sorry if I'm not looking straight at you because I'm actually looking at the astrological chart for tomorrow. You know, Venus, uh, Venus, uh, new moon is in Leo um, Irish time at 1038 tomorrow morning. So it's when the new moon is exactly conjunct the sun. And then, of course, we also have Venus retrograde in Leo and we have Juno in Leo. Juno is the planet of love and relationships. It's kind of like long term intimate relationships. And interestingly enough, um, 
Juno isn't exactly opposed. Juno actually is opposed Pluto. And as I said, Pluto and Capricorn, there's been so much written about Venus retrograde, we've almost forgotten that Pluto was still retrograde in Capricorn. So Pluto went back into Capricorn on the 12th of June this year, where it's kind of doing the final deep clearing out until it moves back into Aquarius on the 22nd of January next year, where it'll stay for 20 years. So the way I like to describe it, it's kind of like we've built the structures of our new lives. We've built our new house. We've furnished it. We've put all the bedrooms in. We know what's where. And then just as we're about to move in, we discover that there's a whole load of rubble in the back garden that absolutely has to be cleared before we can move in. That's the best way I can describe Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. It's a clearing out of the old, clearing out of old, outdated structures, anything that doesn't serve us. And certainly the number of people who I've seen check out of this planet in since Pluto went retrograde has been extraordinary. And um, just on a personal level, not people close to me, but friends and family of people close to me. I've known of about six or seven deaths since the 12th of June. We've lost a lot of kind of famous people as well, including most notably Sinead O'Connor. But there was also people like Tony Bennett, Tina Turner, uh, Glenda Jackson, too many to mention almost. So the Venus retrograde is very much, we're at the peak now because Venus has disappeared from our skies as an evening star to be reborn in a few days later as a morning star. So Venus retrograde is all about reevaluating what you love, who you love, how you love. And again, with Pluto, it's kind of like Pluto and Capricorn is behind Venus going, no, no, you really have to clear this out. You really have to clear, you know, not just, you know, reevaluate your finances, not just reevaluate, you know, your job or your career, but maybe even reevaluate your friends and your family. A lot of relationships do end during Venus retrogrades. You know, like I, I rear-ended into a BMW of all things uh, the day before I went to Italy. And I and I was kind of doing the whole Saturn thing as like, well, actually, you know, you weren't properly parked. And if you've been properly parked, I wouldn't have hit you. And the guards were ringing me and this person was ringing me like you fled the scene of the crime. And I'm going like, no, I didn't. I went back around and I took a photo in case you guys over-dramatized what I did. But again, it's the old power way. It was very much me standing up to the old power way. It was me standing up to, that's what men do. They take up so much more space and they think that's okay. Um, and I only I saw the Barbie film last night and I'm, I'm not, you know, doing a detour by having this conversation, but it's a highly subversive film and it's, it's putting everything, it's rear-ending everything. It's like, it's making men realize what it's like what it's been like for women to live in a man's world because we actually still are even though we don't like to admit it a lot of the old outdated patriarchal ways of doing things like when the guards rang me it was like you know were you the owner of this car that drove off and like you left the scene of the crime and the fellow who drove a bmw he's a lovely fella and i go like i don't care if he's a lovely fella he wasn't properly parked that's standing up to the patriarchy, standing up to the old way of doing things. I mean, I haven't run since I've come back. I promised I would. But coming back to Pluto and Capricorn, it's like, you know, those wildfire uh, riots in Paris. They, they are throughout all of France. They spread like wildfire. And they're saying, like, you know, we're not having it anymore. Every, every abuse of power anywhere in the world is just coming up. 
It's mm-hmm. just coming up and being exposed of its own accord. We had a major scandal here in Ireland a couple of weeks ago where Ireland's top broadcaster was accused of not declaring payments. The guy has been as good as exonerated. He's not back in his position just yet. But everybody was saying, oh, this is just another, you know, you know, it'll all be swept under the carpet. There'll be another tribunal. Nothing will happen. And I remember thinking, no, no, not this time. And what happened was it's our national broadcasting company. And what happened was like a new director general was appointed. He got rid of the old board. Everything was exposed. There was another very famous broadcaster who borrowed a car for five years, handed it back the next day. And the guy who was accused of doing all sorts of things has been exonerated. And what was fascinating was the guy in, in, in question, his name is Ryan Tuberty. He was going through his Chiron return. His Chiron return started the exact week that this happened. And I remember thinking, okay, he's actually going to be the conduit for change because it looks like he is going to come back. And he's going like, well, of course I want everything declared. I've nothing to hide. And so he set new standards in an organization that turned out to have a lot of rot that people didn't quite realize how much rot was there. So that is, you know, we have, as I said, we're at the peak of Venus and Leo, and it'll be very interesting to see how people feel over the next couple of days with the new moon coming into Leo and with it being a time of setting new intentions for the next six months. It's like, what does my heart really, really want? Not what does my mind want? Not what do my family want? What does my heart and soul really, really want? And for a lot of people, it's it's unconditional love. For a lot of people, it's that, just that. It's as simple as that. Or it's as simple as going away somewhere quietly to be creative for a couple of weeks. It's not. And it's the paradox of the new moon in this situation, I think, is that to attract something to us, we need to feel that thing. So we need to imagine what we want, but it's in a time where it's like, we're just identifying, like you mentioned, we bought the new house, we're looking at the rubble. She is, if the rubble is that, I should change the analogy or the image. It's almost like the rubble is actually at our front door. We can't get into the house until we clear the rubble. Right. I think it's the analogy of it's in our back garden, but it's far more accurate to say, it's almost like beside our front door. We can't open the front door and move into the house properly. <laughs> yeah, and there might even be some in closets that we have to address, but we can't. Oh, yeah. it, it seems like we can't even get in there to even figure out what's in there so we can remove it and make a plan of action. So I just feel like there's there's kind of this uh this paradox of like we we don't we know what we need on an emotional level, but not necessarily what that looks like. So how do you envision exactly what it is? I think it's more important to feel what you need, you know, and then kind of be led by that instead of yeah absolutely how how does it feel internally without knowing how it's going to play out yes Um, and once you really really feel it with every fiber of your being and imagine it and visualize it and take baby steps to make it happen but it has to be there's never been more a time where it has to be really in alignment with what your soul and your heart really 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 wants otherwise it just won't happen it just Right. And there's a lot of groundwork that we have to do before January. What is it? 22nd when Pluto yeah. goes direct. Because we all need to be literally clearing our houses, which is where we live, because that's where so much of what plays out in our life happens. It's never been a more important time to clear the actual bricks and mortar of the houses that we live in. To yeah. get ready because you it's much harder to move anywhere else without having done that. Like I now live in a house that I can leave at a moment's notice and come back to it at a moment's notice. That's why I can travel so much because there's no fixing or sorting of organizing of anything to be done while I'm gone. 
<laughs> All those glitches have to wait till I come back, but they're only minor glitches. So if people do want to travel and maybe engage in higher learning or learn a new language or experience a new culture, it's so much harder to do if there's a lot of stuff in the house that hasn't been dealt with first. Yeah, and never more than now, I think. Never more than now. No, no. Because right. Neo right. is all about the hearth energy, as in heart, H-E-A-R-T, but also heart, H-E-A-R-T-H, mm-hmm. as in the fire that burns at home. So what's your internal home? Where do you most feel at home? And for a lot of people at the moment, it is creativity because we're already laden down with chat, GPT and AI and more and more and more and more technology. And that is the world we're moving towards. But we also, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion, I mean, like the strikes with the Screenwriters Guild is the perfect example. It's like, mm. no, you're not replacing us. And then more and more people start to joining them and start to joining suit. You know, when you look at the Mission Impossible film, which I saw a couple of weeks ago, like AI is just a part of that film. AI is part of lots of films and stuff like that. Now it's it's neither good nor bad. It is the world we're moving towards. But the old type of creativity is now more valid than ever. Right. And and I think that ever. attract the experiences of people validating that with, within, we first have to really validate that within ourselves is really to first honor it. Because as long as we're questioning anything about our own value, there's always going to be people willing to, you know, pl- be in the divine, you know, sense of like, well, this life is a play, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're willing to play out that, that power yeah. struggle with us yeah. to, to show us that maybe, you know, maybe we don't have as much value as we think we do so feeding that inner fire and that inner creativity like Mm -hmm. you're talking about feeding that inner hearth and that inner home with joy and self-love and you know and our creativity is going to help us in the next usually usually like in Ireland there's been an explosion of like writing retreats and writing workshops and writing weekends and painting Mm -hmm. weekends and it's fabulous to see you know, I, I can't keep up with the amount of them that are here and I'm doing as many of them as I can because that's my way of feeding my inner creativity. Um, and sometimes, as I've said before, it doesn't take, you know, thousands of euro or dollars or five or six hundred dollars. Sometimes you can go away for a weekend for like two hundred dollars or two hundred euro and just come back and feel refreshed and nurtured for like months afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And never now, because as I said, like with four planets in Leo, if you include Juno, which is an asteroid, like there's such strong Leo energy. It's my favorite time of the year. And I mean, I know we're also coming into autumn. I know you guys are a bit ahead, you know, a bit behind us, but it's also like the end of coming towards the end of the kids being, you know, on holidays and coming back to school. So, you know, when we get into Virgo season, that's when it gets much more you know, you have to make the school books ready and pack lunches ready and get the school itinerary and the school scheduled. Oh. Whereas the Leo energy, it's like, you know, just play and party and spend time with loved ones for the next couple of weeks and enjoy and literally savor every last bit of the Venus retrograde period because it's, you know, we have it until the 2nd of September. It's a good, what, three weeks to go, you know? Yeah. And Juno is the goddess of marriage. Uh, so in the chart, it represents marriage, but also partnership and yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it'd be interesting if among your clients or your friends, like if there's been a lot of breakups and then like getting together with somebody quite new very soon afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where Juno is at the chart, is who, who's to say that won't happen? You know, Juno opposed Pluto or else it might play out as relationships being completely transformed into completely new relationships, deepened and transformed. That's the other way. 
you know, not everybody splits up during Venus retrograde. Sometimes relationships are deepened and transformed. And if Juno is opposing Pluto, that's an extra theme playing out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have our work cut out for us, <laughs> collectively processing all of this. So yeah. any final words on Pluto before you get into your trip to Italy, which I'm excited to hear about? <laughs> No, just that, just, you know, I would, and there's never been more a time, as I said, to like really not just check that everything has that needs to be cleared in your house is cleared, but things like legal documents and wills and powers of attorney and like, you know, advanced healthcare, make sure all that's done. I mean, you, you guys in the States are much better at doing that than we are here in Ireland or even <laughs> in the UK, but just, just do it. And then it's done. And then somebody else doesn't have to deal with it after you're gone. Um, so that would be extra. I mean, it, and it doesn't take long. It just, takes a couple of hours it's not like it doesn't have to be something you mull over for months it can just be something that's done in space of an afternoon you know Italy how was it well what was fascinating about Italy was like when I planned it I didn't plan it around Venus retrograde not in the slightest and yet where did I I mean it was extraordinary I mean somebody said to me that Italy for me is like being enveloped in a warm hug like I came back on Saturday and I'd all my clothes washed on Sunday. And by 12 o'clock on Sunday, all I wanted to do was go right back to the airport. Um, but, you know, I mean, I had an incredible sailing experience. It was very it was very dramatic. It was very challenging, but it was also beyond everything I ever expected. But what was really fascinating about the second week was I was back in Luca for the first time in seven years. And I was very nervous. Was, was it going to be as good as I remembered? Was it going to be not as good? Was it going to be better? Um, and the B&B I was staying in was a bit, the room was a bit weird. So I moved to a hotel for the last three nights. And literally two days before I left, I figured out actually less than 200 yards away is where I became an astrologer eight years ago, two days to the day when Venus was retrograde in Leo. Thank you so much, Martha Clark, for joining us today. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, Pandora. It's a pleasure as usual. You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org.